0: Talking about the things that make your home service business go marketing, finance, systems, people. This is the Fight Club for Business Podcast.
1: Hey, there, people, and
0: Tuesday. What's
1: up? Welcome to Fight Club. Happy Tuesday.
2: Happy Tuesday. Welcome to Fight Club for Business, the show for home service business owners looking to improve their marketing, finances, systems, and culture. We're a team of self-employed industry experts, and we get to be joined this week by our guest, Justin Woodford. Super excited to have you with us, Justin. Do you mind just giving our listeners a brief rundown of yourself and your business?
3: Yeah, thanks for having me um yeah my name's Justin Woodford obviously uh I've been running a landscaping company since I was like in high school um I kind of started out because of lack of other options Put you know mowing lawns next door uh like a lot of uh you know landscaping company owners stories uh and I kind of still have it I went to uh the University of Rhode Island for electrical engineering but I had my business so I just kept doing it um and then just recently recently about three years ago I I started a uh, ready business systems where we use, uh, we help other business owners, uh, build out their systems and marketing, uh, for their own businesses.
2: Awesome. I'm so excited to talk about the marketing side of those systems today. I think it's going to be a really <laughs> conversation.
0: <Yeah.
2: laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for joining us, Justin. My name is Taylor Maroney. I co-own a power washing company in South Florida called pure power washing with my husband and my background is in marketing. I worked in marketing for about six years. And in that, found my passion for helping business owners understand the numbers behind marketing so they really can make better decisions based upon that. So super excited to have you with us today and welcome
4: back to Fight Club, everyone. Awesome. And my name is Megan Likes. I'm the founder of Bookkeeping Academy Online. I educate and empower small business owners to know their numbers so that they can live more financially rewarding lives. I also own Likes Accounting Company, a full service accounting company uh, where we do all the back office bookkeeping and financial coaching that you might need for you and your home service business. And I own a window cleaning, gutter cleaning company with my husband, Jeff, in Northern California, and I'm happy to be back. Welcome to Fight Club. Thank you.
0: Hey, and I'm Michelle Justin. Nice to see you again. We're both certified advisors at Service Autopilot. So I've seen you in a couple of worlds. Um, I also own Pink Collars, So if you need help with your texts, emails, phone calls, all of that traffic coming into your home service business, you can outsource that to my team. And I am thrilled to talk to you today about systems because I feel like you and I are going to have a lot in
1: common. (laughs) Welcome to Fight Club. Thank you. And lastly, I'm Martha Woodward. And I am co founder of Quality Driven Software. I owned a maid service for 13, 14 years. And I was a certified advisor with you guys, um, but not involved in that anymore. So, anyway, welcome to Fight Club, Justin. And thanks for joining us. I hope we have uh, lots of those Service Autopilot viewers on here, plus anybody else. Everybody's welcome. (laughs)
2: Awesome. Well, I get to steal you first, Justin, and we are going to talk marketing systems, slightly stepping on Michelle's toes here. Just,
1: just.
2: (laughs) 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 But when I found out you're coming on the show and I started looking into all the things that you guys do at Ready Business Systems, it is incredible that you, like, not only have the systems for business owners to help run their business more efficiently, but you're able to give these business owners pretty much like templates and pre-built systems for their marketing. And that's something that a lot of people really struggle with is getting their marketing started off on the right foot, making sure that if they're spending money in marketing, they're getting that money back pretty quickly in return. So I'd love for you to kind of just briefly kind of give us a synopsis on how you Kind of came to the realization of putting these systems and templates in place for marketing and then kind of just explain what options you guys kind of do have and we'll kind of go into more detail after that
3: sure so um i've like i said i have been doing a landscaping company forever uh i used to do stuff like in like google spreadsheets and i put in the dates you know i was at that time i was like tech savvy each guy had his own little <laughs> tablet or at that point the palm Pilot. And uh, they would go in there. They didn't have internet access, I don't think. And they they'd have the spreadsheet. They put the date. They cut the lawn. I'd then go in there and I'd copy and paste that into QuickBooks, and boom, send out the invoice. Um, so that worked. But obviously, you know, today stuff is you know way more advanced. Uh, so I was looking into software. Um, I ended up like on YouTube, and that's where I ended up using Service Autopilot. Awesome. Uh, you know, did a lot of stuff. They've continued to add features. But uh, what really got me geeking out, you know, like I said, <laughs> what is school for electrical engineering, so I definitely have a, a nerd side to me. And um, I we started. Uh, built, uh, <laughs> what's that?
2: I said we all do. Yeah, That's what We do.
3: So uh, yeah, I, I started. Uh, they, they when they had the automations feature, I started messing around with that, and it's just fun, you know, um, building out different stuff, and I kept adding to it, adding to it. And um, so I was doing that for my own company. It was just really cool just watching stuff happen, like watching text messages go out. And eventually, you know, for the most part, once you set up, it just keeps working and working and then you're just kind of fine tuning. it. it's kind of like, you know, in the landscaping world, kind of, you know, installing a patio and then you still got to go there and, you know, you still got to pull the weeds once in a while type of thing. So um, I got that rolling and then I was getting kind of, um, yeah, I've been very detached from my business for a while just because like I didn't necessarily, you know, like I said, I kind of grew up with limited options so i started a landscaping company but it's not necessarily my passion like i like technology and and stuff like that so uh anyway i was looking for something else to do and uh i heard about the advisor program service autopilot looked into that ended up being an advisor and then eventually essentially they have their own little marketplace where you can download They're, they're almost like apps they're not really you know plug and play they do have to be kind of set up uh for each account but what I did is I took my systems I was using to run my business. I dumbed them down to make, you know, make them more universal, not as like custom. Uh, so they can kind of be downloaded to anyone else's account. It would make sense as well. Uh, so I set that up. So then, and, you know, any other uh, business owners I can, who use the software, I can download into, into their account and get them set up to get their business uh, kind of smoothly running as well.
2: That's so cool. Awesome. So let's kind of, we're going to stick to the marketing because I know Michelle is going to want to dive into systems um, Mm -hmm. on the other realm of what systems (laughs) you put in through these kind of plug and play template options. So Mm -hmm. when it comes to marketing, I saw that you guys have everything from Facebook ads to Mm -hmm. Google ads to send Jim. I mean, you just, you you drop text message automations in that, Mm -hmm. you know, first introduction of really getting to where y'all are at with ready business systems. So Mm
0: -hmm.
2: when it comes, let's kind of stick to, I'm, Let's stick to Facebook and Google for right now, and then we can kind of go into a few more if we have some time. But those two systems are very complex, and there's those platforms in themselves give people anxiety, just looking at them, I feel like, mm-hmm. because it's a lot. There's a lot you have to learn. There's a lot of you know behind-the-scenes work that goes into making those systems run smoothly. So when you're kind of dumbing this down for everyone to be able to use and really be able to plug and play that system, What were some of the key things that you looked for within Google Ads to make sure that people could take this template, put it into their account and really be able to run it efficiently for themselves?
3: Um, So I I actually was one of the I was very early on with with uh, Google Ads and um, until fairly recently, I was I was doing it myself. And um, so we started, you know, we started using We found it was a very low cost. And at that point, there wasn't a lot of people using Google ads and right. uh, so we started seeing you know looking for the the cost per conversions um, trying to optimize those ads for different companies and yes they can be downloaded to other accounts as well I'm not sure if I answered your question all the way
2: no it does because that's that is a key point with Google ads yeah. The yeah. lower cost per click it's mm-hmm. very it's very easy to operate once you learn the system itself Right. So having Now, did you guys have negative keywords that you kind of helped them with? Uh, did you um, help them with kind of structuring their ad copy? Is that some things that you work with as well?
3: Yeah, so negative keywords are definitely important because a lot of people, what they do with Google AdWords is if they try to do it themselves is they set it up and there ends up being just a ton of waste because even if you set up the, the general uh, geographic targeting properly and all this and that, it's like people are continually searching for different things that aren't applicable and you're going to pay for that unless you're, uh, Sorry, r- unless you're regularly adding in those uh, negative keywords. So um, as an example, someone might search for, you know, again, in my industry, um, how to rake your lawn uh, or, you know, so in, if someone was searching for something like that, you probably don't want to pay five bucks for them to search for how to make break my lawn. Cause they're probably someone who's going to do it themselves. So you kind of have to regularly go in there, block that. So they're never going to anyone who searches for that keyword again, they're never going to, you're never going to pay for that search, but people are constantly searching for new things and you'd be like, you know, so if you're not in there doing that maintenance, then your, your cost goes way up. So it's definitely worthwhile. You know, if you can't stay on top of it to have someone else stay on top of and, um, maintaining those and adding those negative keywords.
2: Absolutely. This is something that always, always shocked me in the beginning when I started Mm -hmm. working with Google Ads because so many business owners would, and I'll stick with the landscaping reference since we're keeping that um, across the board. People will say, you know, I want to rank for landscaping near me. I want to rank for uh, landscaping service. Well, landscaping service can also be getting your landscaping equipment serviced. So that's something where a lot of people don't really connect those dots, unfortunately. And if you don't Mm -hmm. have yourself or a management team working, like you said, diligently on the account to make sure those negative keywords are getting taken away, Mm -hmm. then you are wasting dollars, unfortunately, for that Mm -hmm. specific keyword, which could be very valuable for you if you were doing the proper back work in order to make that happen. So I think it's fantastic that you not only set them up with a template you give them some negative keywords you have some ad copy in for them that's something if you are listening is very valuable when it comes to google ads if you're not having to recreate the wheel you're going to start off on a better foot than having to do it by yourself and we're not We're not here to find the new innovative way as business owners to work on Google AdWords. There is a really good system that is in place that works very well for business owners across the United States. Finding a company that can set you up with that and you can work efficiently based upon that and really start to build your campaign from there is what you wanna start with. So whether it's working with a system like Justin has where he can give you the template and be able to insert that into your business, or it's working with a company who ha- same thing. Marketing companies have these types of templates as well, set up based upon industries, and that's really essential to make sure that you're starting off on the right foot. Now, I do want to touch briefly on automations. You did you did mention that you do work a lot with automations. Do you just use text message? Do you use email? Do you do mailers? Kind of what does your automation system look like for reaching out to clients and keeping that follow up process in place?
3: Yeah, so uh, like you mentioned, the text messages, emails, um, we try to be so so emails these days, like people accept they're going to get, you know, a lot of emails in general, it's a little less personal, Uh, the text messages we try to be very careful with because you can, you know, it's very, you know, people get your message, you know, there's not really, I mean, maybe on some of the uh, pixel phones and stuff, there's a little bit of spam filtering. But for the most part, people are going to get your message. And it's very important. Plus, you can get in a lot of trouble for um, abusing that privilege so um we try to selectively be very very careful with what we text people like people want to know that they have an appointment coming up for example Like that's something they want to know it's something i would want to know so we really only try to send people messages of things that are helpful and important that they're not going to get upset about um you know another example like and this is like the limit of we'll go with it if for example Someone wants a spring cleanup done and they don't have thatching, we'll shoot them a text that goes out that's like, hey, you have a spring cleanup? Are you interested in adding thatching to that? Because that's something that's kind of helpful. And it's, you know, it's kind of salesy, but it's not spammy because it's very relevant and stuff. So we try to be really careful with that. Um, the other thing we'll do is, uh, in, in the terms of Service AutoPod, anyway, um, you know, we, you're kind of limited to their integrations when you, when you use them. But they do do, uh, they use a program called SendGem, which you mentioned on earlier, Tay. Uh, which which does those postcards and everything and it's really like when when this started coming out i started really geeking out because (laughs) it's uh it's just so cool like you know it was just this whole other other world you know you could explore and and mess around with and, and it's actually sending out stuff which is really cool so you know, typically, and before send Gym, I I do do a little bit. They actually just started doing EDDM mailers, which is um, for people don't know, it, it's every door direct mail. It's much cheaper than sending to a, a targeted direct uh, direct mail campaign, uh, but you blanket an area, so it's cheaper per par- parcel if you know exactly what you're doing. So before they did that, we would do; we'd still have to go. Uh, we do the EDDM manually uh, through through a different platform through the uh, the postal service they actually built that in now so we don't even bother it is a little more expensive through them but it's just convenient because all of our postcards are in the system uh so we so anyway back to the automation with SendGem is um you can set up things so for example when a when an estimate is accepted that has a seating job on it for example uh that then sends a message to SendGem to send out a seating postcard to the five neighbors and this is all like completely you know hands off which The crazy thing about automations is it's super cool, but it will just go. So you do need to monitor stuff because you'll spend a lot of money if you set up something wrong. Uh, So it's definitely important to keep an eye on what's going on, because it will just go. (laughs) So yeah, usually it's a good thing. Uh, The other thing is, so SendGem also does uh, uh, voicemail bombs, which are, are, it won't ring the phone. It will kind of ring once, and then it goes to their voicemail. So it's just another means to communicate the same message. So when we build out certain marketing uh, campaigns, like I said, we kind of stay away from the text message because that could get you in trouble and people are not don't not like that. But we'll usually do a series of, um, you know, four different emails. We try to add value with them uh, throughout the month, kind of informational, uh, relevant to what's going on that month that they would be interested in. And then we'll add to that a postcard with a special regarding the same thing we're talking about. Uh, For example, if we're talking about like how to install mulch properly, uh, then we'll send out a postcard with a mulch special that month. Uh, we can also send out, you know, some, some marketing with that as well, the uh, voicemails. So uh, yeah, cool stuff.
2: That's awesome. I mean, yeah. so one thing I do want to just briefly touch on before I pass you off to Megan is Justin just made a very kind of casual way of saying how, <laughs> with, how many times he touches a client within one month, he sends four emails. He'll send out a postcard in reference to the, Uh, emails that he had sent, kind of more of a sales pitch reference. And he also can send text messages that same month to those clients recommending additional services if they are coming up on their next service. So, you know, we're at five to six touches right there, which in the marketing world, you're really looking at seven touches is really the key number before someone gives you a call. But we're not even talking about new clients. We're talking about current clients that Justin is following up with six times normally you know around five to six times a month that's huge when it comes to really keeping a follow-up process with your clients and creating lifetime clients so that's incredible that you have this not only an amazing system but it's automated and I will repeat what Justin said you do have to keep track of your automations when you have systems like this with marketing It can get really pricey and it can get out of hand if you are not monitoring them properly. So the automations are fantastic as long as you keep a keen eye or have someone in the office keeping an eye on those for you. Um, Business owners should always have some form of a hand in the marketing world. I do really believe in that since it is, you know, the business dollars going out to bring in new leads. So if you do have someone working on that, at least check in with them once a month just to get updates on what's going on in that world. So that way you are aware as the business owner of what exactly is happening in the marketing realm, how much dollars are going out, how you can make tweaks and adjustments based upon that. So it's kind of a perfect segue for Megan since we are talking (laughs) about dollars and we're talking about some money and management when it comes to marketing. So I appreciate your time, Justin. Thank you. And I'll pass you off to Megan for finances.
4: I was gonna step on your toes, and then you stepped on my toes. And
3: one other thing, Tay. Uh-oh. <laughs> I, one no thing worries. I forgot to mention was uh, the ticketing system. So things that can't be done, like obviously, there's some stuff that can't be done automatically, like putting out yard signs, for example. So that was another touch when you were mentioning all that stuff. We also get uh, custom yard signs made that are very, very simple message, like mulch, and then our phone number, which is very easy to remember, eight five five R I lawns. Um, so that's just another way that we'll also market that same theme. So There's another another touch there for you.
2: I love that Facebook so as well. We're at, Facebook through marketing, like seven to eight touches now between right, right,
3: right.
2: yard signs and Facebook yeah. for clients. This is yeah. I, I'm geeking out over this, so I'm gonna have to be quiet
4: for <laughs> okay. a little. Okay. Anyway, I
3: just want to throw that in there, but.
4: I love it. Well, yeah. so Justin and I met in Denver this last year at GutterCon. There is a GutterCon for gutter it installers is. and gutter cleaners. Uh, shout out to Bren for organizing a very, very fun conference. Um, and I remember your presentation, Justin, and you had all of these brilliant Jim postcards. So that's where we were going to start today. So I'm okay. glad that you did that in the appropriate marketing place with Tay, mm-hmm. um, because that makes sense. Um, so I've got a. usually I give you a menu of options, but I really want to hear what you have to say about all of these. So we're just going to go fast and go through them.
3: <laughs> yeah.
4: um, I'm going to start with this question of what is your favorite thing to automate in your, in a business? So if you start working with a company ready business systems and they're old school, like pencil to paper, note takers, what's the first thing you automate?
3: So I, I do have some people come in from scratch and one of the first things, well, I'll get to that, I, I wanted to have a website because really that's the hub for everything and like, and the forms and all that stuff. But that's one of the early things I take on, but we actually, the estimate follow-up, like I try to install them in the way. So we have like, we have more, but I haven't gotten around to actually updating stuff once we got busy, but we have like 14. We actually have more than that, but I tried to put them in order and such that they're basically adding the most value the fastest. So taking both into consideration. Uh, things like, like we have a marketing automation that, like I was mentioning, it goes out each month, but it's very custom. It takes a long time to start adding value per se. Um, but something that's, that's very easy and fast to set up that adds value immediately is like an estimate follow-up. So most of those people who are on a piece of paper running around, um, they don't, you know, they're doing a million different jobs. You're lucky if like, a, they call you back (laughs) B, if they show up to the estimate, see if they actually send it. Um, and beyond that, like, you know, they're not calling these people. I mean, this is for smaller companies that don't have the manpower and stuff. You know, they're not calling to follow up on these estimates and that, that, you know, most people require a lot of follow-ups. Also, if you stay really on top of it, they don't get a chance to look elsewhere. Cause they may be kind of stalling, trying to, to get an estimate from other companies, but if you're really on top of them and you're ready to go and you know, they're, they don't have time to look around like, all right, I guess look at this guy shot. So, so we try to install that first. Because it, I
4: like love I said- I'm gonna st- I'm gonna stop you there and just say that yeah. we were those people. So like for the first right. ten years of our company, we would go give an estimate and there would be no follow up. Like we would right. never talk to that customer again, and you know we had no idea how many what percentage of people would call us back or not call us back. Um, we plugged in responsive to our business and they kind of automated that follow up mm-hmm. sequence mm-hmm. for us, and and that was like so eye opening the fact that. Oh, right. wait, they actually want to hear from us again. We're not like spamming them or being salesy right. or bugging them. Yeah. And we we made a friend named a guy named Royce Arden, I love to say Royce has a follow-up sequence that's in for declined, uh, that mm-hmm. goes seven years. Like wow. he's just, <laughs> you know, he's like, he's like eventually they're gonna want it, they're gonna want my attention. So I might as well just <laughs> stay mind. And they do want his attention. So I love that. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, you are doing something very clever, and I would like to know your secrets about. Using Jim in hiring and recruiting, oh, so God. you had this great Uncle Sam postcard. We need you.
0: Um,
4: oh, yeah. And, yeah, it was very good. So how are you doing that? Because uh, Dom Williams, if you're listening, I would like to integrate Hire Who and send Jim, and I can't yet. So um, <laughs> I, I like this idea of you know throwing a voicemail bomb into a nurture sequence for a potential employee, uh, or throwing in. Postcard automations for onboarding, Uh, how have you done this? Is this a service autopilot secret that you're plugging all of your potential hires into service autopilot and then using it for recruiting or
3: what? Yeah. So there. uh, Sendium doesn't, they integrate with other CRMs as well. Um, But what we do essentially is, so I was running the problem that most people probably do that there's all these different uh, hiring platforms out there, you know, obviously, you know, Indeed's a big one. You throw your ads on Craigslist, Facebook, and then usually those are gonna go into your email inbox. And then it's just A, organizationally, it's like challenging. Uh, So the first thing I did was we created like a job application form, right? Uh, There were two reasons for this. One is that the job application form is actually connected to our CRM. So all of our information now, all these job applicants, rather than going um, to all different places in, in my email and losing them all, Uh, they're going to one central place. Uh, they go in the CRM and they're tagged as a job applicant. So now at any point we can pull up all these job applicants. We post the same. So on our job ads, we say, you know, you must apply through our website. So the, the second reason why we do it this way is because like everyone's been there, like it's so easy to apply for a job and indeed it's like apply now, apply now. You click the button, like they click it on like, you know, 50 jobs in an hour. And then you know, these, how strong are these leads? Like what's the quality of these leads, you know? So we intentionally force them to go out of their way to make sure they actually, cause if you want a job, you're going to read it thoroughly. You're going to go to the website, read about the website. You're going to fill a job application. So granted, yeah, maybe we're missing out on some, you know, on some applicants, uh, but it saves us so much time because, you know, we're making sure we're making them jump through some hoops. Uh, so once they're in the system there, we also have kind of a, uh, there's more filters there. So once they're in the system, there's all these automations set up. So we we actually um, can uh, disqualify them based on answers to certain questions. So they never go through the system anymore. Uh, Beyond that, if they do make it through there, we make them call in for a phone interview during a certain time. So it's kind of another test. And sometimes we'll break our own rules. We'll go back through and we'll call these people if they look good, you know, but just kind of passively, it's going to keep filtering these people out. Because once they call in, we then have to fill out a um, a phone interview form. And then that continues the process. If this form is filled out, then this happens. Uh, the, the, then if they fill out this form and based on the answers to that form, we again, we can disqualify them again, whoever answers the phone. If they approve them, they're then told to come in for an in-person interview uh, at a certain time. So uh, that's the process for like getting our, our applicants in there. Uh, we don't get... You know, we don't get a ton of job applicants, but the people we get are are well vetted, so they're not wasting our time.
4: Um, yeah, it sounds so, like, I mean, you basically created a marketing funnel where you're mm-hmm. tracking a lot and then you're filtering them down right. and you built your own applicant tracking system within Service Autopilot, right. which, uh, shout out to Diana Henley. I know she's doing something very similar with her right. filtering and her texting and emailing with them. Um yeah. And and then how how does Syngym play into that? Are you just setting up automations from within that sequence that are touches to your applicants? Or are you trying to get more applicants using SendJim or both?
3: So I was about to say, so now we have this. So that was just the kind of preface. But so once all these people are in the system, right, we have all these job applicants over the past years. And just because the person doesn't want a job now, if you stay in touch with them, they may want a job later. Just like that seven years lost, right? Like it's kind of the same thing for customers and for for employees. So, you know, we then put them on a, a marketing sequence where same thing, we're sending emails, sending postcards at different times of the year uh, to anyone who has that job applicant tag on them that's been filtered that we would like to hire. So we're staying in touch with them throughout the year, uh, telling them why they should work at our company, et cetera, et cetera. So we're staying top of mind. So if things change, the job they got instead, you know, they don't like, uh, then, then you know, we're, we're top of mind to call for, you know, to touch base to, for a possible position.
4: I love that. Okay. Um, uh, Because I'm a numbers nerd, something I really struggled with for a long time with SendJim, and I've I've never gotten a good answer, and I just decided, you know, I'm going to have to go for it. I'm going to just have to do a blind faith thing, but Mm -hmm. it's hard to measure ROI with Mm SendJim. Now, I've had some really successful voicemail bomb campaigns and Daniel Dixon hates this, but I'm going to say it out loud, uh, email campaigns from directly within SendGem <laughs> that have absolutely made up, you know, a hundred years of my SendGem subscription. So yeah, I, I, I've let go of this ROI having to know, but mm-hmm. what's your favorite way to track ROI? Are you using call tracking numbers on your postcards? Are you using call tracking numbers in your campaigns? Like, how do you know how effective these five rounds are for you? Um, and how like, how are you compiling data from that?
3: So it's always been a bit of a struggle, and you'll never get it exact. Um, but at first, we just had the postcards, right, with some special on them, and we weren't really tracking. It's one of those seven touches that Tay was mentioning. You know, I'm sure they got a postcard because it's a next-door neighbor, but what ends up happening is they go on your website. Where'd you hear from us? And be like, uh, I saw a truck in the neighborhood. When they don't even realize it subconsciously, they got your postcard for the past two years. You know, um, <laughs> so just we, we look at that what they cite, but it's not necessarily accurate. And there's usually uh, multiple touches, like you know, and we we use Google Analytics primarily because that doesn't lie, and they actually have like an attribution thing now, so you can actually see. All right, they visited your facebook page twice and then they did a direct traffic site, and then they did a google search and then they called so it's not gonna be able to track you know the the off the off-site uh methods necessarily but it's going to track their digital footprint essentially until they actually uh ended up converting so what we started doing as well is we have a coupon code on each on each postcard and then on our contact form on the website ask if they have a coupon code uh, so that way, you know that they definitely received your postcard and, and again, that's their last touch, essentially, you know, and there's a code on there. So it's almost going to encourage them to cite that versus something else because the codes on there, but we do our best to, to track that way. But kind of like you're saying, um, Megan, we, we have faith that we know that these people are getting a lot of our messages and we know that it indirectly is benefiting our other campaigns. So when they search yeah, on Google and they see a bunch of different companies, they're probably going to contact you first because they've seen your name a million times.
4: Right. Well, and and it's part of a strong brand, which we've talked a lot about on the show and, you know, like having brand awareness around our colors and right. our name and our community involvement. Absolutely. Right. Do you have any data, not to be on the spot, but about the percentage of five rounds that you, you hear back from? Like, is it 1%? Is it 5%?
3: Is it We don't, like I said, that's still a struggle. We don't have exact mm-hmm. numbers on it. We have people who have reported them, but we just kind of have faith that they are, we know they're getting them and they know, we know they're in the target area. So, right.
4: And EDM is um, a little bit easier to track. I feel like
3: those yeah. five around
4: postcards tend to be harder. So, okay. Yeah. I'm going to let it go because I just got to let it go. Uh, but <laughs> I just got to have faith. Um, but I thought, you know, since you seem like a data nerd and former recovering engineer or current engineer, yeah. I'm not sure that you might have the answer. Okay. My last question for you before we pass you to Michelle is (laughs) I have been talking on the show for like three or four weeks about a newsletter. Sounds like you have a lot of education involved for your Mm -hmm. clients. Do you have a formal newsletter or is this like a weekly drip thing you're doing or what's your recommendation in terms of formally educating and providing like helpful, like consumable content in our clients inboxes?
3: So we're we're changing our style a little bit. It's a work in progress, but yeah, it's definitely important to add value. You know, make sure the emails you're sending are something you'd be interested in receiving. Like you know, the email marketing you get, you know, the stuff you like reading about and the stuff you don't. So we try to keep it helpful and also targeted. So uh, we try to make sure that they like if they already have this service, we filter that out so they don't get communicated about that service. Um, and sorry, what was the other half of your question, Megan?
4: Are you doing it like through just regular emails or do you have a a newsletter? And if you have a newsletter, what's the frequency?
3: Right. That's what I was getting at. So during each month, we'll have a different topic or different, several different topics we're focusing on. For example, maybe lawn care, uh, maybe mulch and maybe uh, patios, just for three examples. And depending on the services they have, we're going to filter those down and send them communication about that. So in terms of the newsletter, what we started doing is we sent out a newsletter that kind of talks about all three, like anything you want done in that month, that's gonna go out that month. If they already have those services, they're still gonna get the newsletter, but they're still gonna to get touched on about all the all the services, even though that month you're focusing them down a certain pipeline, uh, trying to sell them on a specific service. Perfect. So we do, and we usually do a blog post as well, cause that helps with SEO. So we'll link to a blog post. If you can get personal, great. Sometimes it's difficult to get those photo, fo- you know, job site photos. Uh, describing you know what you're doing and the project, but that stuff's great. Like clients love reading that stuff. Uh, so we usually have a link to the blog posts. We actually have a a format like on an Excel document. But uh, then we talk about the different services um, and any holidays, any closures, and stuff like that, that that that's going on that month.
4: Awesome! That was super helpful, super fun. You answered all of my questions. I'm gonna go. <laughs> I like execute some of them, and I'm going to pass you to Michelle, who's going to talk to you about systems, which we've been talking about. Ah, awesome. We have been it the whole time.
0: I'm so excited. <laughs> we are all in the zone today. Um, a couple of quick things I just kept hearing over and over as you were talking, and it was the word disqualify. I mm-hmm. think a lot of owners of businesses get really nervous about disqualifying things, right? And mm-hmm. whether it's a customer or a service or an employee but you were very clear about there are ways to disqualify things to keep you in the niche. So right. when you're talking with Tay about marketing, you were talking about disqualifying words. Can you give us maybe a case study or example somebody that you may have helped in Calling through what disqualifying words to use. Let's just say it's a lawn care company, right? Keep it mm-hmm. in your wheelhouse. Um, and then secondly, I wanna move that same question to maybe applicants and how they can disqualify themselves because I'm on your website and I'm obsessed with this workflow about yeah. what you can do to apply to work with you. So client first and then applicant second, please. Disqualification, go.
3: <laughs> okay, Qu- client disqualification. I currently leave that to my office, honestly um and they do it based on where our existing accounts are i mean we have a map on our page um in terms of where we work uh so i kind of leave that to her at the moment that is a manual process for the clients
0: okay Uh,
3: as far as the job applicants uh, one of them is uh and depending on the position they apply for but it's a field position like can you lift 50 pounds uh that's a disqualifying one um uh, are you within i believe it's are you within a 30-minute drive from our from our address I think those are the two disqualifying ones we have now because we've just found that people, if they have to drive too far, they're not going to last. I mean, we're Island yeah. or are a small state. People do not, you know, five minutes is a long drive. <laughs>
0: really? Okay.
3: <laughs> so people do not like to drive far. So, um, yeah, that's one of our disqualifying. We've gotten, we've gotten a little more lax on it because sometimes people will, they don't read it that thoroughly. Um, mm-hmm. but we've, you know, uh, So, yeah, you can get more creative with that, but we've kind of, we have a couple filters, but we don't want to get too aggressive with it because sometimes people answer them wrong. And sometimes, you know, people actually fit the position when, when, uh, you know, to some of the disqualifying questions that you put out there, so. I do like
0: the do not call part, though. Tell me what yeah. led to putting that on the website. Don't call if you're applying for a job here, because that uh, seems we're, we're counterintuitive, my... right?
3: Yeah, there's other things we look for. So we put on the, and I took this idea from someone else. I was on some website sometimes. <laughs> I was like, that's a great idea. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, Yeah, and the details of it, you know, hidden in the ad somewhere in terms of it says, you know, make sure you put I pay attention to detail on your resume um when oh. you send it in. So we don't necessarily it, it's points it's like bonus points if they do that and we're like oh this guy must be good he put in like I pay attention he pays attention to detail clearly right he's actually sure. interested. So we don't disqualify based on that but it definitely gives brownie points if they uh if they put that on there. Um the reason why we put do not call and ask them to go through the website is because we want to make sure they follow instructions. Um so you know and we also want it's it's both that we want to be able to make sure they follow instructions and that they um you know, to make sure that we control the, that pipeline and how things go. We don't want, you know, people calling every which way. Uh, so we have a, a very specific process to make sure they can follow instructions, and then we can filter them out that way as well. I I'm going to interrupt for a second. Yeah, please, like, please.
4: Because uh, you kept saying going to the website. We I insisted with our applicant tracking system that we add the extra click through my website because mm-hmm. of my Facebook pixel. Have
3: you played right. with retargeting for your applicants yet? We have, yeah. We do the, the Facebook remarketing, and honestly, for anyone's listening, one of the best things throughout all this COVID stuff has been our Facebook marketing for um, for job applicants, um, because primarily and, and in general, like your best in, uh, applicants are going to be coming from uh, from another job, usually because they're working, you know, and they're not looking, and they're not getting fired, they're not quitting, you know, they're good employees. Uh, generally speaking, you know, you're gonna get better pool from there. So, you know, especially when people are not looking during COVID, uh, they're not there on Indeed searching for jobs every day. You know, um, so you're not gonna reach those people. You're only gonna reach for people who are specifically searching, and you're gonna they're gonna be competing with every other guy who's looking for for employees. So, what, like primarily, where we're getting people from is from these ways you can reach people that isn't people looking for jobs. So, yeah, um, the Facebook marketing and Facebook remarketing. Uh, So you're, they force you because they don't want you to be, um, you know, doing illegal hiring practices and making targeting one specific neighborhood and trying to only hire from there. You obviously (laughs) can't say I only want people from, you know, 18 to 30 years old. Um, So they force you to have a very wide uh, targeting area and also, and also a very wide, you know, age range, male, male and female. Uh, But that in a way, like, yes, you're, you're spending to show it to people, who don't qualify, but you're also, there might be someone's grandma over there that their grandson needs a job. Um, mm-hmm. And we actually got, we actually inadvertently, like the news during COVID was this big story uh, because we, uh, you know, a news station saw our ad, which was not by any intention at all, one of the people there. And then we got like mm-hmm. free coverage there, like, oh, how's the hiring? You're having trouble finding guys. And please- <laughs> like, yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs>
0: dive just a tiny bit deeper into that because i i literally got off a call which is why i might have been just really close cutting it to get on fight club today mm-hmm. with my marketing person and we were talking about facebook ads for hiring and i haven't gotten a lot of conversion are you seeing that video or humor or benefits what is kind of what what is the secret sauce to putting together a really good ad like that
3: um i'd have to check what we're doing right now i, I have a guy that's actually took the ball on that um but we do have we do have a video and oh you know what it, i mean in any marketing it's good having we have a nice i actually forced them because they weren't doing this to get a nice smiley pick, group picture okay you know, beautiful. Because, because it's very personal and the guys are happy you know what i mean you can see that and that's Love somewhere it. like hey i want to be part of that group they look like they're having fun they look like they're happy so i think that's hugely important To to have that in there, you know, pictures of people happy um, of your actual employees, Um, but even better, you know, if you can have some sort of recruiting video and stuff like that, um, that obviously helps attract people as well, interviewing your employees, um, talking about the job, etc.
0: Hey there, Lee. Hi. We don't want to say hi to Lee. He's saying let's geek out. Um, I just had an employee do a, a testimonial without even being asked. She got her phone. She did the thing. She clicked record and sent it to me. I was blown away. So we'll be using awesome. that for sure. Yeah. I, know. Yeah. I know. I know. I yeah. didn't even ask. It was awesome. So yeah. this yeah. is a perfect segue to hand you over to Martha. Thank you so okay. much, Justin. This was
1: awesome. No Thank problem. you. <laughs> You know, when you guys were talking brand awareness through the postcards and you were saying that you use postcards for recruiting, it made me think, you know, I never looked at what we did as brand awareness um, with our employees, but uh, this kind of answers your question too, Michelle, the more people can use making their audience aware of the behind the scenes and their culture. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is brand awareness for your culture. And um, anytime that I posted things about basically gratitude for our employees and, you know, maybe any kind of thank you thing that I was doing for the employees, but to really talk about the gratitude and put that up as a post, invariably that would bring me client leads and mm-hmm. it would bring me applicants. Interesting. So Good. I, love I it. think that's something that we don't use enough, but I never I never associated brand awareness with my culture. And I think we should all lean into that for sure um so yeah. anyway let's talk about your brand awareness <laughs> Justin as far as uh your culture like uh do you try to use some of your behind the scenes like what's on your postcards what do what are you sending out for those recruiting ads
3: uh so usually we enter like the benefits the the things that people would like to see in a job um mm-hmm. a lot of people you know as I've as i as I've heard, people you know obviously people need a certain amount of pay to get by um right. but it's more important that they like like their coworkers and they're happy at their job is like beyond basic needs like if you can't pay a mortgage, obviously it's not gonna you know it's not gonna cut cut it but um beyond basic needs, you know generally speaking, like it's more important that they're happy um and they like their coworkers and they like their boss than it is that, and they like their job what they're doing than it is like the pay. Um, we try to mention there is, see, I gotta, I do have to go back and I've been meaning to do this, to go back and kind of change the tone a little bit, and rewrite a little bit. You know, we offer the sign on bonuses and stuff, but I don't know if that's really attracting the the right people. I mean, it helps, but, um, we do mention the reasons, you know, why you'd want to work at this place versus another place. Um, you know, put yourself in, in their shoes. Like what, you know, why should they come work for you? It's like, you know, all the employee marketing should be exactly like you do for, your customers like you're trying to sell them on the job right you're trying to get them to buy trying to book them trying to convert the lead right it's the same thing right Um, Right. yeah
1: yeah so for like if I had a lawn care landscaping business I would probably take a picture of my guys having a cookout at the shop and then make sure that, you know, there's something in the background that identifies what kind of work you do. But having a bunch of guys standing around yeah. talking, that would go on my postcard and Focus say, come work with us. You right. know? Yeah. And, and that, because people are looking for community. They're looking, um, I heard something once and it really stuck with me is, when somebody applies can they see themselves fitting in at your company so those images are really powerful if you want somebody who will fit in you know then you want your ads to portray you know what what you have to offer and what kind of environment it is so uh megan and jeff at their window cleaning company they did a cool like rock climbing you know social event and stuff like that and um i mean how cool would that be to put that on the postcard uh values and culture right
3: like that's your values essentially is if you want to fit in you want to make sure they know that the values and what you value and then the culture what you know which is kind of part of the values in terms of, you know, who you want to attract and who's going to fit in. Uh,
4: One of our sticking points is that we were good about doing this stuff and then we forget to like record it and then we forget to reshare it. And so that day, just a quick aside, we were really clever. We took our, it was a surprise day. So we had a big job book for all teams. It was one of these surprise days. We took them to breakfast. (laughs) Then we took them to, we defined our mission, vision, and values as a team. Then we took them to rock climbing then we took them to lunch at a pizza place and we took pictures of all those things. And they were like this, the smiley close-up pictures, but we had three or four different settings of team building uh, that turned out to be really good graphics collateral. So if you're like, I don't have these pictures, which Lee Baker just sent me like the happiest, cutest picture I wish yeah. you could share it in the chat. Um, <laughs> you can get all those pictures in one day and they can look like, you know, they're from different days because you're changing scenes. So. <laughs> That's, yeah, no, that,
3: that's great it's, it's you know every you know even i'm taking ideas from this like you're right martha like about focusing more on that's a good perspective on the you know what what are they looking for put yourself in their shoes as, as employees. like what do you want you want to work at a job that's fun right where it looks like people right, are right.
1: yeah i mean sure you can put a picture of your shop or mm-hmm. whatever but that doesn't yeah. give you a warm and fuzzy feeling like you know, seeing a group of guys out playing paintball or whatever, whatever that vision is. Um, Marlo is asking, how do you know what areas of town to target for the type of employees you want to attract? Now, I also did some EDDM, and so I'll answer it, and then you answer what you did, Justin. Um, What I did, Marlo, was I looked at where, you know, you can... On google maps and i'm not near as good at this as probably justin is but you can put all of your employees addresses um and if you if you get the address on the application um i don't think we did uh we just needed to know if they were within that radius but anyway all of your current and past employees then put them on google maps and then you should see some commonality now i was in a small city so it was probably easier but we could target that area how about you justin how did you know where to send it
3: yeah well like for us you know that is a that is a good idea like with the eddm um i've never done eddm to try to find employees but why wouldn't you it's the same thing you do to get customers right Mm -hmm. um but yeah. So our, our postcards are going to people who have applied for jobs. So it's kind of like okay. a marketing yeah, versus yeah. like marketing for, for new leads. Um, but and, and then also the, our reach, our broad reach, like your EDDM you're using is that broad reach. But um, and I think that'd be great. In addition, you know, that's another way to touch your different uh, uh, potential uh, employees. Mm-hmm. Uh, But we're doing it with, uh, like I said, with the Facebook marketing and you can't target. I mean, we can get, you can do it. I forget the minimum radius. It probably depends on your geography too. It might be like 25 miles or something. I'm sure it depends on your, you know, the population and stuff. But um, so we do a, we do a radius. We're hitting all those people anyway. Um, Yeah. I like your idea of, you know, like you do for customers, why wouldn't you send out direct mail to try to, did that work for you when you sent out that direct mail to those areas?
1: You know, it wasn't the best thing that we've ever done, but I will tell you, um, because like Megan said, it's hard to get that ROI, but um, one of the best things we did, and I don't know if complexes would let you do this as much anymore, but taking you know we used door hangers back in the day and really after we had stopped using door hangers so much for our clients we started using them for potential employees and so we would take them to some low-income housing areas um and ask apartment complexes we couldn't go hang them on the door, but we would ask if we could, you know, bring in one of those uh, acrylic stands with the door hangers. And the other place is at churches. The churches, you know, they always want to help and they have bulletin boards so we could go put up. And I think when you do that to stand out, you've got to have very professional, I mean, they don't want the, you know, they don't want a printed sheet of paper thinking you're fly by night, but a professional brochure or door hanger and um, absolutely capitalize on the whole culture thing, not the what I need thing.
3: Yeah i remember
4: you got with cody about the micro targeting uh oh. facebook ads and and then she also had like a really gorilla thing where she was like wanting to make a fence around walmart and amazon or mostly amazon and their shift times anyway martha <laughs> you know, is, like, yeah.
1: a well, anywhere that that is bad, like anywhere that maybe has a bad reputation for and I'm not saying Walmart or Amazon, <laughs> but uh it, where people might be looking for a job or I also said Chick-fil-A because that they have a great reputation, but uh I also like people that are attracted to that culture that was mm-hmm. my those are my people too. Um So, and Chick-fil-A still had the evening hours and Saturdays that I didn't have. Uh, Mm -hmm. David asks, how often do I recommend a team building event? Now, we tried to do monthly, but that was, it doesn't have to be, you know, this big, like rock climbing and going out to lunch kind of thing. Um, At least quarterly, David, and it's going to depend on your budget. But uh, you could always do, you know, different fun things—a chili cook-off, or uh, you can make little things a fun thing, an experience. Justin, do you have any?
3: I, I was going to say the same. We do. We try to do once a month. Um, it doesn't always happen, depending on the time of the year. And then at the end of the year, it's funny you mentioned paintball. We do like, or you know, we do that in October usually, like a paintball outing. Um, and then end of the year, obviously a holiday party, but yeah, throughout the year, just, we do, you know, we have a grill at the shop. We'll do a, a cookout, you know, end of Friday early or something like that. Um, it definitely helps if you, you know, pay them to be there, you know, cause people might not necessarily want to spend their own free time, to, you know, but if they're getting paid for, it's a lot easier to make it, you know, they're not shorting their check or something. Uh, right.
1: Right. And one of the things that we knew about, uh, the longevity of our employees was that, we needed to pull them in kind of to that family network and we Mm -hmm. would have people come in and they would not like, they wouldn't do some of the off hours outings. So one of the things that we built in to our system was the trainer actually became kind of a mentor and we would bonus them at three months and six months with that employee And they were bonused on a couple of things. Quality is one. But one of the things they were bonused on is if they got them to one of these team building events. Mm. So they would actually, you know, be, hey, are you coming? Because when you're new, and I mean, a lot of people are introverts and they need that invitation of, hey, yeah, come. You know, I can even swing by and pick you up, whatever. And that was pretty successful for us. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Lee, on the send to previous employees, we talked about that a couple of, and not calling you out or anything, but we did talk about a few weeks ago about an employee newsletter and that I'm a big believer, like if you send client newsletters out to your leads and your current clients, big believer in an employee newsletter that, yes, goes out to your current employees, but, you know, for the most part, they're going to know what you have. It really is written for those applicants that for whatever reason didn't come to the interview or weren't hired. And it's a great way to give them a glimpse into your culture, because in that newsletter, you should be talking about events you have coming up. It should be employee brags. It should be a look into your company.
3: Yeah, and people are going to be at their own job and be like, hey, we don't get this stuff that looks fun. You know, it's Absolutely. kind of, this group you want to be part of, right? Yeah, like yeah. yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and one, one other thing regarding... Megan, I was the exact same way about not taking pictures. I was the worst. And so if if you live in a town where there's um, a lot of Airbnb listings, you can go to Airbnb experiences. I have not done this myself, but I just know it's a possibility. And under experiences, a lot of times there's photographers for hire under experiences and it would be well worth your investment to hire a photographer for the afternoon or whatever for your event. And that's their job is getting these pictures and knowing how to kind of capture the experience that you're providing. So
4: that's what we know. We were so busy having fun that it was just really nice to delegate that out, right? And not yeah. be in. And I feel like we got faker smiles from our staff than somebody in this behind the scenes taking candid photos. So, yeah, it was an investment. It was like five hundred dollars uh, for a couple of hours, and we tried to time them across each of the events. But it was absolutely worth it for the collateral. That well,
3: we got. One of the things none of us touched on was uh, like a referral program, <clears throat> which yeah. I think is hugely important as mm-hmm. well, as, like for your customers, but. I like what Martha's saying. I just got some great ideas in terms of where to put them. You know, mentioning like the Walmart, the Chick fil A's. I've never thought of doing a church, maybe. Um, but you said that works for you. But we have uh, like little business cards that, that say we're hiring, it lists the positions available and it has a place to put their name. So offering that, you know, uh, referral bonus and then, you know, distributing that based on how long that employee stays, that, you know, make sure that they stay there. Um, they get a better, more, more of their bonus or more bonus. Um, but i think that's important as well
1: hmm. megan made some uh, business cards right <laughs> megan
4: yeah well michelle did it first um but what i did is i added a <laughs> i added a line that said referred by so that we could get yeah. that referral bonus and then right. uh martha dom and i have been talking about like i have a friend in washington he no i lie canada he is doing um monthly retention bonuses for referrals so most of us we do like a referral bonus for right. signing and then we do oh, it three months smart. and then we do it six months well he does one monthly for the life of that relationship and
0: whoa <laughs> i know
4: and he does it on both ends so he basically pays both people to work with their friends extra money i I haven't done it yet because remember numbers nerd and uh, oh, wow. analysis, but um, that's a shout out to Ryan Learmit who's doing Well, that.
1: Dom Dom Williams just started that. I'd say within the last four weeks. So From he's Ryan's, paying out 150 to each employee per as, month as long as they're employed. One of them drops off, and the whole thing drops off. But
4: so that was a shout out to Ryan Lermit If you've heard that, and Dom, good yeah, job. No, no. that,
3: and that, that yeah. sounds expensive, but like, n- like retaining employees, like we don't put, no one puts nearly enough value yeah. on what that costs. Like an employee that stays the whole year versus cycling through five or ten guys, like and retraining it's thousands retraining. and thousands and thousands of dollars. Yep. Yeah. For us, it's six thousand dollars in
4: hard costs for every new employee we bring in.
3: Yeah. company. Thousand yeah. in hard
4: costs, but it's then a good production. employee is six figures, right? So. Right.
3: One hundred
1: fifty bucks yeah. a month is
4: nothing.
3: Nothing.
1: It really, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, this has been good, Michelle. I can't believe you've given us the hook. We're at okay. I've been trying. <laughs> it's okay. All it's right. Good. I'm passing it back to Tate. We got to do homework quick. All right. We're gonna do it quick. Uh, reminder for homework: super
2: fast. Please only choose one piece of homework that we're about to give you, Justin. You're more than welcome to give homework after uh, we go through our segments and. We do have a private Facebook group in order for you to have assistance with the homework if needed. So please make sure to join that group. We'll throw that in the chat. And again, big reminder, please only choose one piece of homework. We want this to be the difference maker from listening to this podcast, we want you to move the needle forward in your business. And we want you to see progress before you meet with us again next Tuesday, or whenever you're listening. So As far as marketing homework goes, I'm gonna keep it short and simple. I want you to analyze about how many touches you have for your current clients on your client list. So are you sending them one email a month? Are you sending them an email per week? Are you not sending any emails at all? Are you sending text messages? Are we sending out some postcards? What does that follow-up process and kind of nurturing process look like for your current client list? Just get that baseline number and then see how you can
4: potentially increase that over the next few months. I like it. And I'm cool. going to be Tay this week and I'm going to talk about uh, marketing automations. So if you don't have any marketing automations in place in your company right now, I'm going to challenge you to give you a ton of ideas of different ones you could plug in. Like you could do send Gem five arounds and we dropped the link to send Gym If you're not a send Gem user, you could do voicemail bombs, quality control follow-ups after the job. You could do... Uh, estimate follow-ups to see if they want to continue booking with you. Um, You can do this in your recruiting and hiring process, but I'm going to challenge you to set up a good automation. Probably takes less than an hour and it's something that can run if you're me for years without being looked at. If you're (laughs) Justin and smarter, you will look at it to make sure you're not wasting money. Um, But I challenge you as your homework this week to set up an automation and, uh, and see what kind of leads come in.
0: You totally swiped my homework, Meg. <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay because I'm going to link the uh, service moxie their entire suite of services that they offer. So if you're like me and you like to outsource everything and you don't have time to do Megan's homework and actually build it yourself, you can go over there and find someone that can help you set something up with Service Moxie, Send Jim and all the stuff. So the link is in our group. Make sure you join our, our uh, private Facebook group. We've got lots of cool content in there and it is loaded and I'm going to hit post, even though Megan, you may have swiped my homework.
4: No, that's good. But even even Justin will help with automations. So Justin, and I will be connecting. Absolutely. After so uh, plug oh, yay. That, that sounds interesting. Uh, yeah. And Lee, you're a show off. We love you. Lee, Lee automations are 100%
1: priceless. <laughs> <I> are <swear> right. <laughs> okay. And I think I'm going to redo some homework um, because I love, I really love telling you to lean into your culture and promote it. You know the brand awareness so the homework part is going to be get that employee newsletter going monthly and it's sure send it out to your current employees but you're writing it for past applicants and it's um a lead attractor so wow. and then justin um you don't have to give homework, but you're more than welcome to give homework.
3: I thought of something. <laughs> I was like thinking I was be like, yeah. oh, no, I don't have one. <laughs> um, I was just gonna say, make sure a) you have a website, and b) make sure you have like pictures, like personal pictures, on your website. Mm-hmm. I think that stuff's very important. And Google reviews, but maybe that's three homework assignments, <laughs> depending <laughs> I on where you're at. It. Right?
1: <laughs> awesome. I love it. Now, Justin, how would people get a hold of you if they wanted to?
3: Uh, Our website's ReadyBusinessSystems.com. Okay. It's probably the easiest way. Uh, We're on Facebook as well. All
1: right.
3: Yeah.
0: Awesome. And LinkedIn, you can reach out on LinkedIn. I saw you guys on LinkedIn. And I know Robert and Yasenia in your group, and those two are powerhouses. So oh, you've
3: really, got a yeah. really
0: high-level group of people that oh, work Rob's with you. Awesome. So yeah. yeah, they're excellent, yeah. excellent individuals. So that's cool yeah. that you work with those guys too. And we always end Justin on a quote. So I found one that I thought was really cool for this week. It's got some really good keywords in it. Hopefully, they're not just qualifiers. And it's from Michael Hyatt, and he says that automation is solving the problem once and then putting it on autopilot so thank you so much for your time today this was so fun we learned a lot i for one have already typed out like 16 things for my team to start working on so thank you again for your time i learned stuff too yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah.
3: true churches walmart ongoing i know i (laughs) was writing like
0: (laughs) exactly thank you everybody and have a terrific day and thanks again justin for joining us
3: awesome thanks for having me guys bye bye everybody have a great day
0: Uh, with fight club for business join our facebook group where we have weekly homework accountabilities and an awesome community to help you fight for your business facebook.com slash fight club for, as in the number four business
1: fight club for business